0: Well, hey, let's dive in because my preaching clock is running and I have to, um, don't want to use any more of that time up. But, uh, you know, five years, uh, five in scripture is symbolic for grace. Now, I was thinking a lot about that actually over the past month leading up to today. And uh, there's a scripture in in 1 Corinthians, the apostle Paul writes, and I, I love this scripture. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I love Paul. Watch this. He says, I worked harder than any of them. Have any of you wanted to say that publicly in a group project? Come on, you worked on that project at work and you're like, listen, I worked harder than all these jokers, okay? Like Paul wrote that in the canonized scripture. Like Paul's hard, like, you know what I mean? Like he's like, listen, I worked harder than all those. I was on the setup team. I got here at 5.30 in the morning. I've been setting up. Everybody else been sleeping in. Listen, hey, can we get up for all of our setup team who came here early this morning? But he says this, watch this though, though it was not I, meaning Paul says, the blessings in my life, it's not my work, but the grace of God is with me. Hey, I want you to hear this. If you're new to Catalyst Church, you've been coming for a long time that what, what's happened in five years of, as, of this church, which a lot of things have happened, and in, in our dream team, I thank God for you. i want to thank all of our dream team, those who serve, all of you have given. But listen, it's not our work, it's the grace of God. The grace of God started this church, the grace of God has sustained this church, and the grace of God is gonna cause this church to thrive into the future. Um, and I wanna be clear about that. Peter said this, in 2 Peter three eighteen. He says, but you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. So Peter actually says you can actually grow in grace. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the term grace, grace means the unmerited favor or blessing of God. He says you can grow in that. You can experience more of the blessing and the favor of God. So grace is God's portion. We can't, we can't get grace we can grow in it, but it's what God does. We can grow in knowledge. We can grow spiritually. Now I want to talk today, in fact, I've been titled to title today's message, and forgive me, maybe it's because I'm in football mode, it's playoff season. For those of you who teams are no longer in the playoff, I'm not sorry. If you don't know, I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, God's favorite team. Purple is the color of royalty, you know. Uh, no, I have got a game plan for growth. Let me tell you why. Statistically speaking, 43% of people have already given up on their New Year's resolutions and goals. Um, I, I'm grateful for that at the gym because, come on, gyms are back to their normal capacity. Um, but listen, uh, that means 43% of people who decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reprioritize my faith. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make church a priority again. i have already beginning to give up. Give up but I know it's not you because you're here today. Come on somebody, be encouraged. But here's what I've learned. Um, Don't judge me. Uh, It's only happened once in my life, but I actually uh, have fallen asleep at the wheel of a car before. Um, Some of you, I feel like you're judging me even though I asked you not to, um, but I forgive you. Uh, I was in college, driving home for Thanksgiving break. I fell asleep. And here's what I learned then, which many of you, you know this, um, I drifted into a guardrail. And, um, but when you, when you drift, like when you fall asleep, when you're not kind of actively driving towards your destination, you never drift to your destination, right? <laughs> you drift off the road. Thank God for the rumbles trips on the highway, right? Listen, so here's what I know, I have never met someone who has drifted towards growth in their life. Like, man, you know what? I'm closer to God. I have no idea how. I haven't even been (laughs) trying. Haven't read my Bible in 472 days. And I know you're here because you desire at least some part of you to grow, or at least the person who dragged you here has a desire to grow. Come on. No, but in all sincerity, um, we have to have an intention, a game plan. Like, how how are we going to grow? And I want you to hear this because since day one as a church— Our our desire has been to to take you on a spiritual journey. And and last fall, we recently sort of kind of simplified our our mission statement as a church. Um, I I mentioned the video, but I want to share it with you, that it's it's not new. It's it's given to us by Jesus. We just put it in our own words. And that's simply, we want to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Because we believe, I want you to hear this, that our best life is experienced as devoted followers followers of Christ. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying as a fully devoted follower of Christ, you will have no problems in life. I'm not saying that coworker who gets on your nerves will all of a sudden be let go. Come on somebody. I'm not saying you'll never have sickness in your body. I'm not saying that from now on, once you make Jesus Lord, your kids will always listen to you. But here's what I'm saying. Watch this. That even in stressful seasons, you can have a peace beyond all comprehension. That even when you're facing discouraging circumstances, you can have the joy of the Lord as your strength. That even when life is not working out like you envisioned it, which is probably most of us in this room, you can still have contentment and fulfillment in Christ I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of this. I have a conviction of this. I've experienced this. So since day one, we wanted to take people on a spiritual journey towards becoming fully devoted followers of Christ. And here's what it simply looks like, is that we want people to know God, have a vibrant, growing relationship with Jesus. Number two is find freedom, because we all have areas of our life that if they weren't in our life, our life would be better. I want you to find freedom. So we can ultimately walk in our God-given purpose, which is ultimately to make a difference. Now I want to talk to you today uh, really from that vantage point um, because I believe God has a grand plan for your life. He wants the very best for your life. And I want to give you a fresh challenge today if you've been coming since day one or for a while. Um, maybe you're new. Uh, maybe it'll be a new challenge for you uh, to become a more fully devoted follower of Christ. But let's pray. Father, we thank you today for... Five years of your goodness in this church. God, we thank you for your grace today. Uh, As Paul wrote years ago, it is by your grace. And God, I pray today as we open up your word and we submit ourselves to your scriptures, God, that you're speaking to us, we humble ourselves to receive what you want to say to us today. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. I got four points today I want to share with you, four applications uh, which align with our, our mission, which uh, God's hope for all of us. And here's number one, write this down. And if you're not taking notes, just write this somewhere. That was a joke, okay. <laughs> Tough crowd. Number one, number one is I want to challenge us. Oh, hold on, look up real quick. Sorry, before I give it to you. Um, here, here's my challenge for you. Again, we're at that point of the year. Statistically speaking, this is the time of the year people start to, to fall off right? Your gym knows that, and they actually want you to fall off because they still have your money. (laughs) But listen, here's a church, we care about your soul, so we don't want you to fall off. We want you to become a fully devoted follower of Christ throughout this whole year. So I'm going to challenge you, the four four applications I'm going to give you today, I want you to go all in this year with God. Go all in more than ever before. I am recommitting myself to go all in more than I ever have. And, And with that, it's to go all in with what we're doing here at Catalyst Church because We want to take you on a spiritual journey. So here's point one. Okay, you can write this down. (laughs) I want you to pursue God with passion. Pursue God with passion. Now, I don't mean emotion. I'll get to that. But before we do anything for God, let me remind remind us what God's done for us. 1 John 4, 19. I love this. John reminds us. He says, we love because God first loved us. That's good news. Before you ever did anything for God, He loved you. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I was at home. I have three kids, for those who don't know me. Uh, 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 Abigail, our youngest, actually born right before the church started. Uh, she's five, uh, just turned five as well. And recently, um, I had, we were at home and I asked her, I said, Abigail, could you clean your room up? Uh, because her room looked like a hurricane hit it. And that hurricane's name is Abigail. And I said, could you clean up your room? Because she was getting frustrated. She couldn't find anything. Can any parents relate? We couldn't find anything. So we said, we should should bring some order to this room. So so I asked her to go upstairs. She's upstairs. About 30 minutes passed. I'm like, surely the room is, at least there's some progress. I call, Abigail. No response. Call again, Abigail. No response. Call a third time, no response. So I walk upstairs. And not only is the room not cleaned up, it's actually worse than before. I'm like, I, I think, I think, I think I missed, I think, I think, you know, did I communicate improperly here? Um, but then Abigail it was sort of like turning away from me. And, and I pulled her inside. I said, Abigail, I pulled her close. I said, hey, hey, it's okay. I said, daddy loves you. Like, I'm not mad at you. But help me understand, like, why the room's not cleaned up. (laughs) But I had this thought, watch this, because when I walked upstairs, she saw me, she cut it away from me like this. And I had this thought, if we're not careful, the way she responded to me, we can respond to God sometimes. That we can think, and maybe some of you, this is your first time at church this year, and maybe you've had this thought, maybe you've been missing church for a long time, you haven't read your Bible in a long time, and you can think somehow God's disappointed with you, Because of your lack of faithfulness. Or you can think perhaps because of some sin in your life, God is somehow mad at you. But can I tell you that's the furthest thing from the truth. Before you ever did anything or didn't do anything for him, he loved you with an everlasting love, with an unconditional love. Can I help you out? If you write nothing else down, write this down. There is nothing, nothing, you can do to cause God to love you any less than he does right now. He loves you so much. He loves you. So even when you miss church, he still loves you. Even when you haven't read your Bible, he still loves you. Even when you judge the other person at work, he still loves you. Even when you engage in some sin, he still loves you. Even when you lash out in anger towards someone, he still loves you. Now, does God want you to stay there? No. He's got so much more for you. But listen, he still loves you. Please never get that, get that uh, twisted that somehow God's mad at you, somehow God loves you any less. So it's from that place of God loving me that now I pursue him because he has so much more for me. So we pursue God with passion. I love what, what, what David said in Psalms 119 too. He says, blessed are those who seek him with all their heart, who seek God, who are intentional, who prioritize God. I'm going to give you three applications of this. If you've been around Catalyst, you've heard this. so this will be nothing new for you. But, you know, here's what I believe. Can Can I just say it plainly? I think sometimes what we don't need, I'll say to myself, what we don't need, we don't need new information. We just need to apply the information we already know. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. I know all that I need to know to have a six-pack. I just need to do it. But there are some things I refuse to give up, okay? Can anybody else feel me? You know, there's some day there. I'm like, you know what, Lord? I just, I can't. I can't. I like ice cream on Friday nights, okay? I'm going to have a cupcake today. And the way God's graced me is I can't have a six-pack if I like cupcakes. Some of you can, and I don't always like you, that's okay. <laughs> God's working on me. All right, that wasn't in my message notes. I shouldn't have said all that, but anyways, <laughs> just get back. Get back. So, hey, here's, here's the three things. The so first one is every day. Read your Bible and pray. Every day. Now, when you, when you, have, the, when you have the revelation how much God loves you and how much good things he has in store for you. What it causes you to do is you don't read your Bible and pray begrudgingly. It's when you understand how good God is and all that he has for you. Is, is it something you want to do? And, and maybe you're not there. There are some mornings you might get up and say, ah, so, you know. But man, I want to encourage you, make it a part of your, of your routine. Hey, if you miss a day, if you miss a week, it's okay. Just get back in, get back up. We have a lamp and light Bible reading plan. So you don't have to think about it. Like on our website, we have... a. a hard copy at our guest services area for you to follow number two is weekly worship with your church family the bible says not not to neglect this now i'm preaching to the choir today you're either here you're watching online and here's my challenge for you i'm going to give you a kind of a, a a bold challenge here is in 2024 what are we four sundays in right so you maybe three sundays maybe you miss the first three sundays that's okay how about this for the rest of the year that'd be 49 out of 52 sundays is say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at church. And if you have to travel for work or you're sick, listen, if you have 102 fever, it's okay. Don't come to church, okay? Please, if you're throwing up, we'd rather you stay home. But watch online. Watch online. Like, here's what I know. If you prioritize worship, I believe, and I firmly believe this, your life will be more blessed because of it. I do. Parents, can I talk to you for a moment? because God has actually ordained you as a parent to be the primary spiritual leader of your children. It's not our kids' ministry team or myself, it's you. Uh, I want to challenge you, is to have your kids in church every week. Online is a very different experience than in person for your kids. We have a graded curriculum for your kids. And listen, in the same way you wouldn't have your kids be like, yeah, it's okay if you miss like several days of school. It's like, no, you you need to learn how to add, right? And read and do the best. Hey, the same is your kid's spiritual life. So it builds on, the, on on the weeks. And I know there are some weeks you can't be here, but as much as you can have your kids in the house of God, I believe your kids will be blessed because of it. If you believe it, can you say amen? amen. amen. All right, here's a third one. Because some of you are thinking, pastor, this is easy. Because you're, you're, you're not only reading your Bible and praying every day, you're still fasting. You're like, you know what? I know that 21 days of fast. I'm doing a 40-day fast. I'm so hardcore. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Some of you are there, you're like, pastor, that's great. I'm already coming to church each week. I'm already reading my Bible and praying. Okay, ready for this? This applies to all of us. Number three is ongoing surrender. Jesus says this in Luke nine. He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whatever loses their life for me will save it. What was commonplace Jewish custom, You know, Jesus was his disciples rabbi. And disciples, not a, namely a, it's not a, really a Christian term. It was what was, uh, a disciple is a learner, is an apprentice. And a disciple, rabbis had disciples. So in the Hebrew style of learning, a, a disciple would, would go and follow the rabbi. Like disciples, we follow Jesus. Here's the key. When a disciple followed a rabbi, they laid down their way of thinking and their way of living to take on their rabbi's way of living and thinking. So when we're disciples of Jesus, watch this. Jesus does not call us to just be Christians. Christians believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. He calls us to be his disciples. Disciples live in such a way as if Jesus is their Lord. Here's what this means. Are you ready? I'm going to step on your toes because I love you. It means we lay down our preferences for God's ways. Are you ready? I'm going a little further. We lay down our family's patterns. Just because your dad did it and your granddad did it and your great granddad did it does not mean it's biblical. Yeah. Amen. You can love and honor them. But we lay down our family patterns at the feet of Jesus. We lay down cultural trends and norms at the feet of Jesus. Because God's ways are the better Way for us to live our life. He calls us to be his disciples. So here's my question. And all of us have a next step. What area of your life do you need to surrender to God in a greater way? Maybe for you, you're still holding on to an, to an offense from what your coworker did to you. And you know you need to release that offense and forgive them. For some of you, you need to relinquish more control of your life over to God. And trust him in your finances. For some of you, you need to repent maybe of work being an idol in your life. That work is a center of your life. And put God back on the throne of your life. For some of you, you just need to repent of being judgmental of other people. Or being or being or, 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 or engaging in gossip yeah. and extend more grace to others. Hopefully, I spoke to everyone in the room. If not. You know that area for you that God's highlighting that there's greater surrender. Why? Because Jesus says the more of your life that you surrender to me, you'll actually find true life. Pursue God with passion. Number two is we need to connect, with, connect deeply in authentic Christian community. Galatians 6, 2, the apostle Paul says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, Obey the law of Christ. Paul, in that culture at the time, in Roman culture, Roman soldiers would force Christians as servants. That was part of their persecution for your faith as you were forced to be a servant for a Roman guard. They would force the Christians to carry their gear, carry their weight. And Paul says as Christians, as followers, as disciples, we willingly carry each other's weight. You know what that tells me? There will come times in life where the weight of life will be too heavy for you to carry on your own. Have you ever been there? The weight of grieving the loss of a parent is too heavy at times for you to carry by yourself. The weight of the tension you're navigating right now in your relationship is too heavy for you to carry on your own. Maybe the weight of your sin, of your mistakes, is too heavy to carry on your own. And we need people to come alongside us during certain seasons, really all seasons, to carry, help carry some weight. And we need to be weight carriers for others. You know, we're in the midst of the playoff season for the NFL, and uh, there was a play that the Philadelphia Eagles have popularized the past two years. Uh, it's called the Tush Push. True story. I didn't make this up. Tush Push. And the play... What it is, is the quarterback hikes the ball. It's usually like when there's like fourth and one, they like one yard or they are at the goal line. So if, you, if you're not familiar with football, usually at that point they line up like all 12 men on the field or I think it's 12 or 11, um, and they line up offense and defense and they literally just push each other. So what happens is on this play is, is the quarterback hikes it and he, he leans forward to get that yard or get that inch. And then literally, if you have the gift of being the running back for that play, your play is to put your palms of your hands on the tush of that quarterback (laughs) and push. True story, imagine that play call, come on somebody. Come on, hey Jeremy, come in the game. (laughs) All right, what's the play coach? You're gonna push his rear end. (laughs) I worked my whole life for this moment. (laughs) Pushing the rear end. If you ever think you have a bad day at work, just think, hey, listen, I'm not having to push my boss's rear end. Although, if you are, do, do tell someone in HR. Um, it's, probably, it's probably not legal, um, unless you're in the NFL, I guess. Um, let's move on. But they call this play undefendable. In fact, some are trying to make the play illegal because, like, it works. Like, every time. Uh, I, I watched this video on, on NFL, on their YouTube channel. I had this, like, physicist. Like, and he was, like, describing it from a physics standpoint. He's like, yeah, basically the way, like, the physics work, it's, it's essentially almost an undefendable play because of, of the way that physics work and the pushing from behind. And but, but there are times, like, at the goal line stand or they need that yard. The defense is stopping them. But when they have somebody else give a push, it can't be stopped. And the way that God designed our life, there are times in our life where there's some areas of our life where we feel like we can't get traction in and of ourselves. And maybe you've been there. There's an area of your life, maybe it's an addiction you have, and you feel like I've been trying, I prayed, I fasted, I'm reading my Bible, and I still can't get free. You need someone to come alongside Not give you a tush push, give you a faith push. Uh, Maybe maybe for you, you have some crippling social anxiety and you've been trying to figure it out on your own. Hey, listen, God never designed any of us to do life by ourselves. We need some faith-filled friends to come alongside of us and push us, to come alongside us and help us, to come alongside us. And when we're going through difficult seasons, to pray for us, to come alongside us and be a support for us. Paul says, carry each other's burdens, give each other a push, be there for each other. Can I tell you, this is why we've created community groups at the church. The number one reason is for you to find community, a safe place. A common phrase you hear at Catalyst Church is you need a place to take off your mask, to to say, you know, be be open and honest. You know, we were at uh, Disney World over the Christmas break And we went to um, Epcot, and I was on a voyage to find princesses for my youngest princess because she wanted to meet Elsa and Anna, which, by the way, that was way too long of a line to wait in. Come on, somebody. Um, Really anticlimactic for me, but she loved it. But then, like, you could look on the app and find, like, here's when Belle, if you've been to Epcot, the different countries will be in France, and here's when Snow White will be in Germany, and here's, you know, when Mulan will be in Japan, all these things. So I saw Belle, and um, then we went to Germany and I saw Snow White, and Snow White looked a lot like Belle (laughs) with dark hair, and then we saw Rapunzel, and Rapunzel looked a whole lot like Snow White with long hair. Then it got me. This is the same woman. <laughs> That's why they're all night out at the same time. And this woman's putting on different, different makeup and wig, different, make, different disguise after different disguise after different disguise. got me thinking. We can sometimes live our life this way. We got our work mask we put on. We got our church mask we put on. How are you doing today? Blessed and highly favored? <laughs> Too stressed to be blessed. But when you go home by yourself, you are overwhelmed. How's, your, how's everything going? You're, you're, you may just got married. How's everything going, man? Great. But you know, the first six months, you've wondered, did I make a mistake? Is it supposed to be this hard? And here, here's if we're not careful, listen. The only way we find freedom is when we have a community in which we can be free to be ourselves to where we're not wearing a mask. This is why we have community groups because you've experienced this. Have you ever had maybe a secret and when you tell someone, it feels like a weight came off your chest? That's why we have community groups. And here's what I know. Here's what I've learned in in years of pastoring and being a psychologist, is most people during most of the time have some struggle or pain they're walking through. And you need a safe place where you don't have to put on face. Be like, man, I'm fine, I'm good. You need need a community of people that you can say, I'm I'm struggling, I'm overwhelmed, I'm exhausted. My my marriage isn't going so well. I'm single and I'm, I'm beginning to doubt if I'll ever be married. My work environment continues to get worse. I'm believing for a promotion, but I haven't yet come. And that's why we've created community groups. I have a place where you can come and you can, you can take off your mask. So next week, I'm going to ask you, every one of you, to join a community group. Now, some of you might, might think to yourself, a couple years ago, like a gentleman, he came to me and he said, um, I said, hey, are you in a community group? He said, oh, pastor, yeah, I was in a community group several years ago. I said, yeah, but, but are you in one right now? He said, no, no, I'm good now. I I was in one and it was great. And I know what he was saying. You know, he was kind of saying, hey, that was for a season of my spiritual life, but now now I'm good. And I understand what he was saying, but I believe he was believing a fallacy. Um, Got me thinking of Proverbs 27, where it says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. Again, forgive me, but... but, um, Another football analogy. (laughs) Sorry, but not sorry. You know, football, when you start in peewees, like children, some of your kids play football, they'll have like a head coach and maybe an offensive coach and a defensive coach. But as they progress high school and college and the NFL, they have a whole lot more than three coaches. They have have an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, a quarterback coach, a running back coach, an offensive line coach, a a cornerback coach, a linebacker coach, a strength and conditioning coach. Like every player has multiple coaches that's helping them. Watch this. The more they progress, it's not the less people they need. It's the more they need. Hey, can I help you out? The more you grow spiritually... You don't somehow graduate from, well, I'm good. I don't need as many people in my life anymore. You actually need more to help you to continue to grow and be sharpened. The Bible says we need sharpening. That means you have some dull edges. Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad you came to church today? We all need it, myself included. And can I tell you, in our years of being a church, there have been people in this church I thank God for. They have sharpened me. Pastor New. His passion for prayer has sharpened my prayer life. One of our board members, Vinit Rajan, the way he has surrendered to God's will in his life has, has sharpened me to be more surrendered. My wife, Christina, her love for people has, has sharpened me to become more compassionate. And I've learned the more I walk with God, the more people I need in my life to sharpen me. In fact, usually as you mature in your faith, you realize, come on, how dull you really are and you realize I need some sharpening in my life. I need some people in my life. So I'm gonna encourage you. All of us need to have this community be in a group, be in a group. All right, here's point number three. So pursue God with passion. Connect deeply in authentic Christian community. And then number three is I need to grow spiritually with spiritual family. Ephesians 2.19, Paul says this, uh, referring to Family. He says, so you, now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Paul uses a phrase that was the most common metaphor for the church in the New Testament, which was the family of God. you read James and Peter's letters. They say brothers and sisters. Some of you grew up in a church environment where they would call brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so. This is where it came from was this whole idea of we are the family of God. And listen, we are called, all of us, to have a spiritual family. Can can I speak just bluntly for a moment as your pastor? Is that okay? You can't find spiritual family through a podcast, or through a book. (laughs) Listen, the person on that podcast, will not show up at the hospital when you're going through a hard time. I mean, you can try to reach out to them, but you need a family. This is why we're here. You need a church. And listen, having a spiritual family goes beyond attending once or twice a month. You get planted in the life of the church. Remember our first year, we were a brand new church. I loved it because the family was already forming. We had someone who had an unexpected medical emergency. She was at NIH for a year, kind of in town, in fact, about a year ago, she sent a thank you letter to Christina and I, thanking us for, uh, thanking the church for being there for her for that year. And she, she, she literally couldn't drive, the, the medical emergency couldn't drive anywhere. Um, so what was amazing was the people, she was involved in the community groups and, and, and on the Dream Team, which is our team of volunteers serving. And people were like bringing her food, driving her to doctor's appointment. Some people just coming to, to be with her because she lived by herself. It was the family of God. And listen, we all need people in our life to be there for us on our low moments and our high moments. And we need to be the kind of people who are there for people in their low moments and their high moments. And if you get planted here, you're going to experience that because many people have experienced that here at Catalyst Church. It is a beautiful community. We're going to experience that. Psalm 92 says this, about being planted i love this scripture the righteous will flourish like a palm tree they will grow like a cedar of lebanon planted in the house of the lord They will flourish in the courts of our god it's i would it's an agrarian culture so they use this phrase of being planted you know, if you have a plant and you plant it in the ground but then every few days you pick it up and you replant it you pick it up and you replant it, you pick it up and you replant it you that plant will never actually absorb the nutrients and minerals of any soil and will eventually die because its roots are deprived. Can I, can I help you? Can I, can I pastor you for a moment? If you want to experience the benefit and the blessing of being a part of a spiritual family, a local church, you need to get planted. So, so making worship a priority but getting involved in a community group Getting, going through our Next Steps class. We have it every Sunday after 11.30 service. Getting on the dream team. Using your gifts to serve other people. And, and here's how you'll know you're planted in the church. I'm going to give you three, three kind of hints how you know you're planted. Number one, when you miss church, you miss church. Last week someone told me, I was getting coffee after uh, one of the services. They said, Pastor, we had to travel last week to visit a parent. And she said, we miss Catalyst. They're planted. Or here's how you, you, you also know, if you look back the first time you came here, you can see how much you've grown by being planted in the house of God. Then here's a final note, which I've heard many times here, is that when you have to leave a church, whether you know you're leaving an area, which is very common here, uh, your season shift, is it's just really hard to leave that church. That's how you know you're planted. Can I tell you, in five years, I think there's some good and healthy soil here at Catalyst Church. And I say it humbly, but I believe it. If you've experienced the flourishing of being planted here at Catalyst, can you say amen? amen. So I, I want to challenge you is get planted here. Maybe you've been coming casually here and there, and that's okay. But I, I want more for you, and God wants more for you. But you've got to get planted in the house of God. There's a flourishing that will happen in your life. All right, here's point four, my final point. So we got to pursue God with passion. We got to connect deeply in an authentic Christian community, take off our mask, grow into our God-given potential. We got to get planted in spiritual families so we can flourish in life. And then lastly is to make an eternal difference. Make an eternal difference. You know, at the end of our our age, uh, end of our day, when we get to heaven, um, we will be rewarded for what we did here on earth in light of eternity. In fact, Matthew 16:27 says, the son of man, Jesus says, is gonna come in the father's glory with his angels. And he will reward each person according to what they've done. There'll be a rewards-based judgment called the judgment seat of Christ. we have got to reward us with how we lived in light of eternity. It's a good judgment. It's not like a bad judgment. It's a reward-based. And I, there's, there's, I, I could spend the next hour, but I'm not, um, telling you about all the ways you can live in light of this. A simple question I would encourage you to ask yourself is how am I living in light of this reality? That one day I'm going to stand before King Jesus and he's going to ask me how, how, how I stewarded what he entrusted me with here on this earth. I want to give you two, two, two simple challenges of how to make an eternal difference. In the book of Romans, the apostle Paul says, says, chapter 10, verse 13, says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? You gotta love sometimes the simple, the simple way Paul writes. <laughs> he says, how can people know about Christ unless someone tells them, Right? Um, a few weeks ago, we watched in our household um, the new Trolls movie, Trolls Band Together. Uh, never thought I would, but um, we did. And while we watched Trolls Band Together, um, which, is, I, which is funny, was, it, you know, basically all of the songs were from, like, boy bands of when I was younger, if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, quite funny now. It's appealing to a younger generation. Uh, my daughter's now singing, like, in sync music. <laughs> like, they're literally your father's age and older. (laughs) But the reason we watched it, because my daughter heard about it from all of her friends at school. And she knew already so much about the movie before she ever saw it. She like knew some of the songs. She like knew some of the characters. I'm like, how do you know so much about a movie you've never seen? Because all these people at school told her about it. All of us, who believe in Christ. We believe in Christ because someone told us. Our parents raised us. A friend shared their faith with us. A pastor like myself talked about it on a service like today. That we're we're, we're called to be his ambassadors and to tell others about Christ. Now later this spring, I'm gonna teach deeper about how to share your faith because it's actually a, a real critical component of being a disciple is sharing your faith. But a simple way is to invite someone to come along with you to church. There was someone first service. I had a friend invite them to come with them to church. And they heard the good news of Jesus. And that's a simple way you can do it. We'll dive deeper, but I want to encourage you It's to be um, a biblical term, be an evangelist, to share your faith. Jesus is going to all the world and preach the gospel. That's for all of us to share our faith so others will know Christ. Ephesians 4, 16, Paul says, he referring to Christ makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. I love that scripture. Paul says as the body of Christ. Each, play, each part plays their part. The body is healthy and growing, full of love. And one of my favorite action movies I don't, I don't like too many action movies, but one of them is Avengers Endgame. I don't know if you've seen the movie. To be honest, um, it's too long of a movie for me to watch the whole movie. You have to take like a half a day off work. Come on, somebody. <laughs> like, I don't understand these like four-hour movies. Like, this is crazy. But I watched like the final 20 minutes. It's the best part. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's the last battle. And what I love about it is Thanos is like, beaten captain america hawk thor iron man they're like beaten bloody just giving up then all of a sudden black panther comes on the scene with soldiers from wakanda then all of a sudden comes dr strange and all the strange people i don't know what else to call them and then comes spider-man and then comes iron woman i don't know his wife and then, then the end, sorry, I, don't, I should have done more research. I studied the Bible, not movies in preparation for this, but I, I should know her name. It was Gwyneth Paltrow's character. Um, and then at the very end, Captain Marvel. And I love the end because you see all the different superheroes in the Marvel universe using their powers to defeat their enemy and save humanity. So Spider-Man using his quickness and his webs. See Black Panther and his strength. Captain Marvel and her power. You see all these different characters. I thought, what a beautiful depiction of the body of Christ, the church. God calls us together to use our gifts and talents. So that the body of Christ, the church of Jesus, is healthy and growing and full of love. Can I tell you in five years, I believe Catalyst Church has been a, has been a, a local body. It's been healthy and growing and full of love. It's been in part, or in large part rather, it's the grace of God, but also the faithfulness of God's people. I think about Adrian and Karen Arias when we first started, they were, they were on our launch team. Adrian actually made the video we watched earlier. Adrian uses gifts serve on the production team. Karen was in kids. Karen now is in merch and photography. They're all using their gifts. I think about Melissa Valadares. Saw her earlier. Now her and her husband and her son are part of this church. She used her gifts of hospitality in the event side of the church. Think of Pastor Anu. He, he, He led one of our very first community groups. Now he oversees church life, which includes community groups. Think of Harrison Tenno right here on the front row. Love you so much. This is day one on production team, still production team. Today, he was here bright and early. All these individuals and many more. I could go on for a long time. These are gifts to make a difference. Listen, five years we're getting started. I want to invite you. Be a part of this. Be on our dream team. Come through Next Steps. Use your gifts to be a part of what God's doing here. Because there are people, listen, in this community who do not yet have the hope of Jesus Christ. There are people who need what what we have in Christ, who need the grace of God. I close with this, Ephesians 2, 8 through, through 10. Paul says, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not by works, so no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Five years in, it's by grace. As we look forward to our future, it's going to be by grace. But listen, you, this church, is God's masterpiece. And he has created us to do a good work as we move forward together. I want to pray for you. Can you bow your heads with me?